Radio 3. It's Friday morning. It's just after 10 past 11. My standard invitation to you, especially if you're a petrol head or you're a footy fan, to join us on Facebook Live as we whiz over to Chunkwano Central and say hello to Danny Hicks. How's it cooking? It's uh, cooking quite nicely, getting warm outside. Um, yeah, uh, football will start off with because it's been a, a great week for, for English clubs who couple of weeks ago wanted to leave the European competitions but now they they're full of it aren't they Manchester City and Chelsea reaching the Champions League final uh, and then last night Man United which we expected going to Rome and reaching the final of the Europa League 6-2 oh. up from the first leg but didn't have it all their own way lost 3-2 in Roma uh, a bizarre game really really open I think Roma had to go for goals so they left themselves wide open chances galore at both ends yep. um, total contrast to the other Europa League semi-final last night, so Manchester United in the final on 26th of May, uh, where they will face uh, Villarreal, who drew 0-0 at Arsenal, won that 2-1 on our aggregate, and uh, unfortunately for Arsenal fans, that means almost certainly, barring some sort of miracle, mm. Arsenal will not be playing in any European competitions next season, oh, and that will be the first time in 25 seasons, would you believe, that... Yeah. Uh, it will end their 25-season run, I should say, of uh, consecutive appearances in European competition one way or another. So uh, that's quite a fall for Arsenal. And not only that, it's going to be great for them because um, the Villarreal manager is their former manager, Unai Emery, who was sacked by Arsenal when they brought in Mikel Arteta. And um, he's put one over his old club. But Man United first. Um, two more goals from Edison Cavani, uh, who seems to be the, the man for Europe, um, uh, they picked up with PSG Uruguayan striker he's going great guns four, four, four goals in the tie for him um, two in the first leg two more last night which kept Man United in it really um, they lost the tie but they won the match but uh, you know the manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer into a final which he's really pleased about but he knows his team are going to have to raise their game against Villarreal. I was disappointed with, uh, of course, conceding so many shots and so many goals. Um, it was always going to be an open game because they had to score goals. And that was going to make it a chance for us to create chances. I think both teams could have scored five more. So it could have easily been 6-6, uh, 7-6. Six, six, uh, for me now, the, the main thing is we're in the final. Uh, we know we have to play better than this. Uh, but we've, we're here because we've we've had a centre forward scored four goals. Yeah, uh, so there you are. Those are going to have to raise the game. Um, lots of chance both ends. Don't like to lose the tie. Uh, they've now got a bit of a problem, Manchester United, in that it gives them another fixture to fit in. And having had their Premier League game uh, against Liverpool postponed last Sunday after fan protests on the pitch. Uh, that's been rearranged for next Thursday, the 13th. That means Man United, that game last night, will be the first of four games in eight days for them. They will play Aston Villa yeah. on Sunday, a game that they need to win or Manchester City uh, will, will have won the Premier League if they don't beat Chelsea tomorrow. Come on to that in a minute. Then they play Leicester in third on Tuesday, and then they'll have to go uh, play Liverpool at home next Thursday. I mean, it's a hell of a run of fixtures. Mm. Unfortunately, in these sort of COVID-shortened seasons, these things are going to happen. It happened to Spurs earlier in the season when they had to play something like uh, five games in 11 days, and, it, and it's happened again to uh, Manchester United. But as you can imagine, 
Solskjaer is not very happy when they've got so many important games coming up. With this fixture pile-up, here's Oli again. It's unheard of. It's uh, made by people who've never played football at this level. Physically impossible for the players to do it after being here. Doing Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday is impossible. So we've uh, not been dealt a good hand, but we'll, we'll have to play it as well as we can. Meanwhile, uh, you know, Arsenal couldn't get the goal they needed against uh, their, their old boss, Unai Emery, as I said, at you know, Villarreal. You know, a way goal from the first leg. They just needed to score at home. 1-0 would have done them. Hit the post twice. But, uh, you know, all in all, they didn't put enough pressure on Villarreal. They never had some, you know, concerted dominance in the game. In the end, it was quite comfortable for the Spanish side. Hmm. I think they provided good tests for Man United. And it was a bitterly, bitterly disappointed Mikel Arteta who spoke to the media afterwards. Here's Mikel. Yeah, we are devastated, really disappointed. But we have to congratulate Villarreal, they are in the final. We tried everything up to the last minute. I think over two legs and what happened today in the second half, I think we deserve to win the game. But the details... And they find uh, these ties. And when we had the opportunities, we didn't score. We hit the post twice. We have three big chances. They didn't have anything, but they are through. Yeah, so uh, no European football for Arsenal next season. It, it sounds strange, doesn't it? You know, it's such a consistent run. I don't think any other team has had such a long run of consistent European competition uh, as Arsenal uh, in recent years. So... Uh, yeah, they've got to pick up the pieces and regroup for next season now. Not a lot to play for the rest of the season. But uh, as I said, Champions League final going to be an all-English affair, Man City against Chelsea. And we'll get a nice little prelude to that tomorrow because as uh, the fixture computer has a habit of doing with these things, it, lo and behold, Manchester City play Chelsea tomorrow night in the Premier League. Whoa. So 5.30 kickoff, so uh, half past midnight our time. And uh, plenty on this one because Chelsea, of course, are trying to hang on to fourth place and guarantee Champions League football next season. Although mm-hmm. if they did win the Champions League, they would be guaranteed of it next season anyway. Uh, but Manchester City, if they beat Chelsea, will be uh, Premier League champions. Simple as that. So, um, you know, you've got, you've got plenty of intrigue in this game. And don't forget, Manchester City were going for a quadruple, which was upset by Chelsea. Chelsea beat them 1-0 in the FA Cup semi-final last month. And uh, Chelsea have an FA Cup final to come uh, uh, as well against Leicester. So Chelsea in the running for two trophies still. Manchester City already won the League Cup in the in the running for another two, the Champions League and the league. So, um, you know, lots and lots to play for. Um, but, Just I'd like to invite people to join us on Facebook Live at this point if they want. If you're an Arsenal fan, he's been... He's been... <laughs> He's been dry slapping you. He's, he's been having a Turkish about your team. I, Join us on Morning Brew. Come on then. I could have sat here and gloat, gloated and I didn't really because I think it's a, it's a shame for Arsenal after such a long period of success. But, uh, you know, the writing's been on the wall for a little while since Arsene Wenger left that this might happen one season. Anyway, back to the, the nitty-gritty of the top. So Man City need to beat Chelsea uh, to, to lift the title. Um, Chelsea will be looking to put one over them, psychological blow before yeah. the Champions League final. And of course, all the teams chasing Chelsea in fourth, West Ham, Tottenham, Liverpool, I'll be hoping against hope that Man City give them a good hiding. So, it's, <laughs> sort of, so you know, all us uh, fans of other sides will, will, will be for a change uh, uh, taking sides of another team tomorrow. But before that, we've got Leeds, Tottenham, Sheffield United, already relegated against Crystal Palace. 
and late game is Liverpool Southampton. Uh, Man United, as I said, play quick turnaround, play Villa at uh, two o'clock kickoff on on Sunday. Mm. And of course, if, if Chelsea do beat Manchester City, then Man United will have to beat Aston Villa to to keep the title race going for at least another set of fixtures. Yeah. So plenty on that as well. But look, you, it's going to be a very different looking Manchester United team, I think, to the one we saw last night. Because with these games coming out, another one Tuesday, another one Thursday. Solskjaer's got no option but to use his whole squad. And he has got a big squad. So I think, you know, that bleating is a, you know, get on with it, really. And then you've got uh, issues at the bottom of the table as well, because uh, should um, West Bromwich Albion lose to Arsenal, Arsenal again, in the late game Sunday, then they will be relegated. Uh, And um, we've got Leicester v Newcastle tonight to kick off the, uh, the weekend's football. Now, if Newcastle were to win that one and Burnley beat Fulham on Monday, it means Fulham would be relegated as well. So West Brom and Fulham could go down this weekend and the title would be decided. So both ends of the table, mm. uh, issues at stake this weekend. So that's the football. Well, quickly before we go, I wanted to, uh, wanted to move on to Formula One because there's been a bit of talk uh, this week. Spanish Grand Prix this weekend. Petrol heads, join us on Facebook Live now. Right, Nick, where are you? <laughs> Another cracking Grand Prix last weekend in in Portugal, yep. which uh, you know nip and tuck again between the Red Bulls and the Mercedes. Uh, Hamilton coming out on top again. Now, you know uh, Hamilton leading the drivers' championship, uh, Mercedes leading the constructors' championship. But there's not a lot in it. I think we'll get a better better idea this weekend of where the cars are relative to each other because it's a Barcelona circuit, which they do a lot of testing on. It's a proper Portimao is an interesting one. It's got some funny corners. It's got um, it's got uphill, down dale. It's got some long tracks. It's it, it, and it's a very slippery tarmac. So it's not a true, true sort of representation of of, of normal tracks. But the, the Spanish Grand Prix this week at Barcelona, that is a track that has high speed corners, medium speed corners, low speed corners. It has everything. That's why they test? Yeah, because it tests every facet of the car, and it tests and, and the best all round car. We'll, we'll have the best performance there. So it'll be a first real true barometer, I think, of where Red Bull and Mercedes are in relation to each other. Because at the start of the season, we all thought Red Bull had the greater pace and the better package. But Mercedes have won two of the three races and had two of the three right. pole positions. Let me ask you a question. Which circuit of them all makes blokes like you sort of go grey and say, oh, is that the time? Oh, uh, the old Hungary circuit used to be a real bore fest. No overtaking. Um... But that you know that the, the circuits I love are the real high speed ones, Spa and and Silverstone. Yeah, um, you know Mon- <laughs> Monaco has that kind of glitz and glamour, but it's invariably a really boring race. Okay, you know I I, I can take or leave Monaco apart from everything that surrounds it. Yeah, of course, yeah. and it's got the history. But uh, these days that that circuit doesn't really do it for these high power cars. But anyway, coming on to the Spanish Grand Prix, there has been a big talking point in F1 this week which is uh, the British newspaper has been reporting that Valtteri Bottas could be uh, replaced by George Russell from Williams by Mercedes mid-season, even though he's got a year to run on his contract because Mercedes are unhappy with Bottas. Now, Bottas, of course, was, uh, was asked about this in the press conferences overnight, and uh, he was asked if it's irritating him at all. Here's his response. Uh, no, because I know that I'm not going to be replaced in the middle of the season. Um, as a team, we don't do that. Um, I have a contract for this year, and I think there's only one team that does that, that kind of things in F1, and we're not that. 
So, uh, and a little dig at Red Bull there. He didn't mention them by name, but he said there's only one team that changes drivers mid-season, and it's not us. Um, so let's fire things up again between Mercedes and Red Bull as we go into this weekend. Practice today, of course, uh, that'll be 5.30 practice one if you want to watch it, nine o'clock practice two, P3 tomorrow, six o'clock our time, qualifying nine o'clock tomorrow night and mm-hmm. the race nine o'clock on Sunday night. But uh, yeah, a little bit of spice on and off the pitch, isn't it? Uh, on and off the track, I should say, I'm back to football there, on and off the pitch, on and off the track with uh, Mercedes and Red Bull with uh, the rivalry between Hamilton and Verstappen, the Bottas trying to cling on to the pair of them. And, and also, it looks like looking over his shoulder as to whether he'll re- be replaced in the seat, despite what he says there. Yeah. You know, there's no smoke without fire. And it could be Mercedes. Mercedes could be talking to the English journalists to try and give Bottas a kick up the backside. But he took fastest lap in the last race. And Verstappen, really, he needs to uh, stay within track limits. He's, he's lost a couple of races in pole positions because he's gone too wide on corners and things and been penalised. So uh, if he tidies up his act, He's still got, as I said at the start of the season, Hamilton doesn't make many mistakes. And that, and Verstappen has made a couple of mistakes and it's cost him so far. Mm. I think Spain will be the first kind of true test, as I say, the true barometer of the team. So it's going to be a fascinating one to watch. I'll be watching that over the weekend. And of course, keeping an eye on both ends of the Premier League and a, a little prelude, a little curtain raiser to the Champions League final, Manchester City against Chelsea tomorrow. That's your sport. Lovely. Before we go, I got an email last week, which I'm looking for now, but basically there was a fight on last weekend and this fellow said, are you into it? Did you did you follow that? What do you yeah. reckon? I haven't got the details in front of me. You know what I'm on about. I do, yeah. And there's another big fight this weekend, actually, uh, and it's a massive one. Uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez, who most people think is the best boxer in the world, pound for pound at the moment, uh, against the Brit... Uh, Billy Joe Saunders in Las Vegas. It's going to be a 65,000 sellout crowd indoors. Believed to be one of the largest indoor crowds ever for a boxing event. Mm. And sounds bizarre, doesn't it, when we're talking about no crowds in COVID. That's going to be one to watch. That's going to be about 5 o'clock in the morning. That's going to be about 11 o'clock midday, Sunday morning, if you can uh, get a feed to watch that. And that is going to be a cracking fight because... Alvarez has only lost once in his career to Floyd Mayweather and Billy Joe Saunders is unbeaten and they're both world champions and this will unify all the belts for the winner. Uh, Canelo for me, Mayo de Cinco, Mexican, all that this week. So uh, he's going to have the edge, I think, but Billy Joe Saunders is going to give him a fight. Watch that one. I found it. We're going to travel back in time. I want to say say hi to Rob. Thanks for getting in touch anyway, but it came to you. He said, hopefully you can comment on the two important boxing fights this weekend. Parker, is it Kizora? Chisora? Yeah, yeah. And Ruiz and Areola. Yeah, uh, Parker, Chisora, I did watch. I didn't watch the other one, unfortunately, so I I won't comment on that. But Parker got up off the canvas, the New Zealander, uh, to beat Derek Derek Chisora on points. A really good, really close fight, that. I think Derek Delboy Chisora, he's lost too many times now. He's not quite at the level of the top heavyweights in the world. Maybe it's time. uh, What is he, 38 years old? He hung up his gloves. I think he's done enough, and and he... and uh, we wish him well in retirement if he does. But uh, Joe Parker lives to fight another day and maybe he'll get a world title shot again. We, in the we should do more of this, you know, because I don't think we've yeah. done boxing on sports and all, yet whenever we no, have a beer, you talk about boxing. <laughs> you know this, Phil, that is one, of, is one of my loves, boxing, MMA. Maybe we'll do a bit more of that. All right, mate. Thank you very much, Danny Hicks. Send in your questions for me. Yeah, go on, put them on our Facebook page. I'll pick them up anytime. Thanks a lot, Danny. Sports and all with you at the same time next week. 